Welcome to the Best Player Wins Podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts, or at least two of the three of them. I'm Sean Cowles. And uh, we will also be joined by Sean Boat right here uh, shortly. But, Damon, welcome to the pod. Glad to have you on. First time this year. First time with me, I think, as well, right? Wow. It's been, that's been, that has been a bit, for sure. Um, well, I mean, glad to have you on. A guy whose team is performing, you know, relatively well. Maybe not the greatest week for you this week. But, um, you know, we'll get into all of that. But, uh what are your kind of overall thoughts on the fantasy season before we jump into some headlines? I agree with you. And on the back of that, it's like, I think with trades, you think you have enough information to go off of early in the season. You don't know what guys are going to do. But when you get to this weird kind of midway point, you're like, well, you should be good. But are you? Um, And I saw, yeah, I think I think all around kind of this weird in between as we kind of get past, you know, into the double digit weeks. Yeah, all of that kind of takes over. So I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see uh, what it goes into. But one thing we don't have to see is that Houston offense is a bunch of studs. <laughs> yeah. Did you catch the game on Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what we're going to touch on here. Um, but yeah, off, I, I watched it as well. Um, if nothing else, watch the last two minutes, right? To, to see them go down and then with almost no time on the clock lead that that drive to with the pass to, to Tank Dell. But I mean, he's he obviously set the rookie passing record, 470 yards in a game, but also he's the first one with 400 plus yards, four touchdowns and zero interceptions. And I think that last part is the biggest. Didn't turn the ball over. In a game when you're slinging it around, throwing it, I forget how many attempts he ended up having, but he didn't turn the ball over as a rookie, which has been an issue for him some points throughout the season. So, you know, with all that in mind, where do you value this offense as a fantasy asset? Obviously, you got Tank Dell, you got you got Schultz, you got uh, Shroud himself, and then you got uh, I can't think of his last name, uh, Nico Collins. Um, yeah, where where do you see any of those guys for you? Size the running backs. Yeah. 
things. But outside from that, I see, I see like similar success throughout the rest of the season with the Stars. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I mean, I, I obviously drafted Collins to start the season because I valued where he was. I wanted Dell as well. I forget. I think maybe, did you draft him late um, in I the draft? Dell on the waivers. On the waivers, yeah. You picked him up before I did. Yeah, I, so I had valued the offense because even if the offense wasn't competitive from an NFL perspective, they they wanted to see what they have. They got to figure out what they have in Stroud, let him throw the ball, let him make mistakes. And so when teams play with that kind of like, I don't want to say reckless abandon, but when they when they take the wheels off finally off the rookie and just kind of let him throw, this can be the result. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement there that I I I would upgrade all these guys and try to get pieces of them. You know, I, again, guys are going to sell high and that may play into some strategies, but I won't be selling high at least in our league. <laughs> right. And I think my order of, of what I would like, I would like Shroud first, and then it's really a toss up between Dale and Collins. It's like they have their weeks where one is going to get targeted and the other one's going to get targeted. But I think I would lean towards Dell, And then probably probably Dell, Nico, then Schultz at the end of there. Yeah, I mean, Schultz has thrown over the three-week stretch that he's very viable. Like, he's he's got, probably going to end in a top-10 tight end role, which good for Nate for just making that trade for him, but uh, which we'll get into. I know. Classic Nate fashion. I know. Grabs the guy right before he blows up. But... Moving on, um, other notable performances, CD puts up 28 points, Rashad White puts up 27, and Dak Prescott also puts up 28. Um, all these guys had kind of first third of the season struggles where they would put up, I think they all had like one boom game over 20, but everything else was a little bit under what their you know ADP or predicted performance was going to be. Now that they seem to have put you know cut the train back on the tracks are there any of these guys who you value more than the other i think out of these guys it's hard because i really like white's receiving upside mm-hmm. i think it's just one of those things where it doesn't it doesn't matter what the offense does as a whole with that kind of receiving numbers kind of like a kind of thing you're you're going to see fantasy value from that and also just with the running back position being what it is. <laughs> the waste I <laughs> really like White. Like, I really like Eddie for, ha- for having White. I think that's a really solid piece. Um, the, the targets that CD's getting is huge. I don't I don't see that continuing on that on this, like, long stretch scale. So I'd probably, I'd probably value White the most and then probably Prescott Lamb. Yeah. Um, yeah. CD worries me, uh, at least to, to maintain this like top six, seven wide receiver production, just because of what you said. Like he's older and not to mention the guy throwing him the ball's older. I I picked up Dak on a hope and a prayer. And luckily he's turned out to be to give me a couple of good games against some good defenses. But, you know, I don't foresee him, you know, overtaking, you know, any of the other really top tier quarterbacks like he used to you know he's had a couple of down years so yeah I think Rashad White just based on his age and his use in that offense especially with the check down as prevalent as it is in 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 West Coast offenses but in the NFL as a whole he's probably the preferred out of the three right and they're always going to be losing so (laughs) yeah they're exactly and yeah in a PPR league what else do you want out of a back um yeah, I mean, so we'll keep moving it on then, though, to uh, some more downer news. We'll go over just the injuries. Daniel Jones, <laughs> just a 
garbage of a season for him. So unlucky. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, a lot of these guys, though, you could say that about, but him for sure. Uh, he's out for the season uh, as well. Jaron Hall, who was the what we believe to probably be the one-game replacement before uh, Dob, Joshua Dobbs took over in Minnesota. Sixth rows, running in and gets a concussion. <laughs> and talking about unlucky, Cam Akers out for the season blows his other ACL. Um, Goddard also expected to miss some time as well as Christian Watson's. I mean, all of these guys have fantasy value, but Jaron Hollis, Jaron Hall aside, I mean, if you just talk about the injuries and then does this significantly raise the value of any of the quote unquote next men up for any of these guys? Is there guys around these guys who you'd want to target? So, I mean, obviously with a quarterback, anytime there's quarterback change, it's going to affect the entire offense. Mm. So with that being said, though, I think the biggest advantage, the biggest player to take an advantage from those injuries, I would say probably Madison. Um, I mean, we know what Madison was like with Cousins. He was very just average. Um, and then with with Dobbs coming in, plus Akers going out, I think Madison will see the biggest biggest upside there. Also, I saw Devontae Smith has very good numbers when Goddard is out. So I don't know who has Devontae Smith, but whoever does should be uh, looking for some more production there. So I, I say those two. Yeah, for sure. Do you see any value in any of the other Green Bay wide receivers now that with Watson out, or has his lackluster year not risen any, you know, tide, so to speak? It's just it's just like a weird situation because I mean I feel like we've seen him out more in, so we kind of know what the offense is like without him, and the passing attack is just not for some reason. I mean, I like Love as mm-hmm. an NFL quarterback, not necessarily as fantasy. It's just a weird. A weird situation, I guess. Dobbs would have the most value just because his red zone targets are so huge. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy about owning a single Green Bay receiver. Yeah, it's weird because you feel like they are set up to succeed the way that offense is set up in the Matt Lafleur offense. But yeah, it hasn't come together, and you wonder if next year it'll look any better. I mean, for my keeper league and where I have love, I hope it does. But um, yeah, I don't think. I don't think any of that will really amount to anything for the Green Bay offense, ultimately, so I tend to agree with you. Um, But let's keep it rolling then. Actually, let's jump into trade talk. There's one I didn't put on here. And just because we have you here, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, but let's give your perspective on your trade to uh, pick up Brock Birdie. So, yeah, so just for everyone's Uh, recollection, uh, Damon, you grabbed Brock Birdie and gave up um, Calvin Ridley and... Geno Smith. Geno Smith. So, what? What? Yeah. What? What's? What was your kind of take on that? Obviously, with Bi- a week to color it. <laughs> Biases aside, so I mean, the concern. I didn't expect Geno to perform as badly as he has performed the past two weeks. So, I guess the biggest win for me is not having to roster <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, my biggest question mark with the trade was who would I fill? my Calvin really spot with where because I don't have a lot of depth um, so that's where I've been hurt the most also there's some questions with Purdy is he the guy in San Fran I'm just not too worried about it because that offense is Shanahan's too good of a coach the offense is too good for him not 
to maybe not perform the way he was earlier in the season, but he's still he's still a solid, solid piece in my mind. Um, and then, I mean, for Max to do the trade, uh, Calvin Ridley still has, in my opinion, he still has a lot of upside. Unfortunately, it was kind of too little too late for him, but um, yeah, you have to I take mean, that upside whenever you're in a hole like he, like he is. Yeah, try to try to yeah, like I said, like I said to you before we started recording, just take risks. Like you, yeah. you take riskier moves. Um, yeah, I, I tend to both right and I both tended to like your side. We both like Brock Purdy. Um, you know, it, like you said, in a Shanahan is the new Belichick. If you you want to talk about the the system quarterback, where the guy whoever you slot in will perform adequately enough for both NFL and probably fantasy. So, yeah, I end up liking yours, but. You know, well, the next trade we're going to talk about, but we don't have to move on to quite yet. We see that Ridley still had enough trade value because he ended up getting moved by Max to Nick um, for some pieces as well. But yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you. I know Boatwright even privately, I'm not sure if he said it in the podcast was would have liked to get Calvin Ridley if the price was right. So uh, I think equitable deal, but ultimately I, I do like your side better. Price would have been right, honestly. Like if anyone would have came to me, but I probably would have taken it. <laughs> Oh, well, you can rub that in Boatwright's face whenever he does pop into the <laughs> pot here, because that'll <laughs> that'll be good. But let's well let's uh, let's skip over Sean and I's trade from earlier in the week, like I said, because he should be coming in with some thoughts. And let's look at the next trade we just referenced. Uh, Nick and Max doing a little deal here: Calvin Ridley and DeAndre Swift going to Nick, uh, and Max receiving Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, and Trey McBride. Um, what were your initial thoughts on this before? end of the week came i mean it's just like i mean just like quick condolences to max for always <laughs> having to be in these kind of situations where he needs to make these kind of moves i mean it seems like every time he touches a player they've gotten hurt this year um which is why he needed to get mcbride um so it's hard. I think the trade's pretty even. Well, I think when the season all said and done, this this trade will be pretty even. I would rather have Ridley and Swift. I really like Swift just because of the offense situation he's in. He's kind of like he's kind of like a he's kind of like there with Barkley and kind of like where he's at with just getting all of the touches, all of the receiving. Um, so I'd rather I'd rather have Nick side. Um, of this trade, but Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett, I mean, they're good pieces, but they don't, I don't think they have, they don't have the, the ceiling that the others do have. Um, so I would rather have the next spot. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with you. Um, I, I agree with your take on Swift. Um, I like his position in the offense. It's, it's, everything has been, I don't want to say, I, streaky but like there has there have been very few consistent performers who have stayed within like their average they may score their floor they may score a boom game but there's just there's very little consistency at any position i think this year and i you know there's probably a hundred reasons why that actually is but um i kind of like swift for what he does bring but evans and lockett are big names that have obviously been fantasy studs in the past and i think the stat i i had a stat i think somewhere earlier in the season where like over the last five seasons, only one wide receiver has caught at least eight touchdowns every year, and it was Lockett. But he hasn't yeah. he hasn't done that this year, and maybe that's because of Geno's play and how that offense has struggled. But yeah, I 
I think Max just had to hope on the upside and, and he took a swing, but you know, yeah. we ultimately know the result are <laughs> poor a little out for Max there. <laughs> I think Mike Evans is a sneaky, good, like piece to mm-hmm. the team. Like, uh, like Baker loves to throw it to him and, uh, he was one yard short of the big touchdown like this week. So, yeah, he's probably he's definitely the best piece that Max received, and yeah. you know, given maybe a week or another or two, maybe does something else. But yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, just not enough. So, um, all right, the the last trade of this week was uh, the deal, smaller deal between Scott and Nate. Nate, as we referenced, picked up Dalton Schultz, which clearly paid off for him, and uh, Scott received Jamal Williams, the handcuff for his running back room, and JSN from. Seattle. Uh, I know this deal is kind of cut up probably due to buys or guys who have already played, but uh, looking at it as a whole, what did you take away from it? I get the appeal for JSN, Mm -hmm. but I don't get the appeal for Scott. Like, I know he's like struggling at flex, Mm -hmm. but he's also struggling at tight end, and I mean, maybe he thought maybe he just wanted to, to buy high on, on Schultz or sell high on Schultz just to get him out of there before he has a bad week. But when you have, for, in my opinion, when you have, if you don't have one of those bona fide tight ends to start, I feel like you just need to have as many options as you can. So I, if I was him, I wouldn't have given up some of that tight end depth simply because. I don't trust Ninjoku as much as that he might. Um, and then, so I would I would rather have I would rather have Schultz over JSN. Yeah, just just because the tight end spot is just so shallow. Yeah, I I won't be quite as diplomatic. This is this one doesn't make any sense to me. And I, you know, I'm sure that they, I'm sure that Scott had his reasons. And Scott, if you want to fire back at me in the chat, please do. I don't know what you were thinking, my guy. And and this is removed from the 10-catch, 130-yard game that he just had. I get that the week before he had put up a dud and two points. But, like, prior to that, he put up 13, 19, and 16 points. And find, you know, other... tight end production. Exactly. Find that somewhere else in someone not named TJ Hawkinson or Mark Andrews, right? Like, and... I get that he's in a win-now mode, but I'm not sure that the handcuff for your stud running back is the way to go. I mean, unless I'm missing something in that if Kamara has some injury concern, I mean, other than his historic injury concern, but and to get JSN a guy who was on waivers two weeks ago. Um, yeah. yeah, And especially because JSN's position was only propped up by the fact that Lockett and um, DK Metcalf were out, which is where all his best production came from. I don't know. It's just... You know, I, I clearly prefer the Dalton Schultz side of it, but uh, you know, maybe something I don't know. Scott, come on the pod next week and tell us what you <laughs> thought about it. <laughs> tell me what you were thinking, because uh, don't worry, my team will be locked before yours, so I don't have any room to talk. But <laughs> it's all good. Um, but yeah, I just I don't I don't quite know about that one, but we'll move on from it. I won't I won't keep dragging Scott. He don't need that. All right. Um, the big one from from last week was me and Boatwright swapping a bunch of pieces here. Um, why don't you go ahead and kick us off, and hopefully Boatwright, by the time you and I vamp on it a little, should be joining us. Um, but just to recap, uh, I pick up DJ Moore, uh, Ken Walker third, Kareem Hunt, and Tank Dell. 
Uh, and Boatwright receives Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, and Tony Pollard. A lot of names, a lot of pieces, but what what do you really take away from this? Yeah, I wish Boatwright was here so I can make fun of him if I didn't like if I don't <laughs> like the trade, but he did not. But well, listen, I will fully give the floor back to you when he pops in. If you want to take shots, we'll set it up. But um, you know, oh, there I, it is. Timing, the impeccable yeah. timing. <laughs> Why? What did I do now? Uh, Damon was What's... just about to drag you for our trade. <laughs> oh, go ahead and drag me. <laughs> no, no, I actually, I just wanted to get that little joke out there. It's actually the opposite of how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually would, when I first saw this trade, I really, really did not like it for you cows. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at the top two pieces in, in DJ Moore and Ken Walker, I mean, D- I mean, Field is coming back for DJ Moore, so you have to be happy about that. Mm-hmm. For Ken Walker, it's a it's a tough battle because he's losing snaps, and his schedule gets hard. Um, which is not it's not that's not fun to be in. But then on the other side, Tony Pollard is in the weird situation where he's on a good offense. And he's not losing snaps or targets, and he's not producing. So it's like, if you if you ask me who I'd rather have, Ken Walker or Tony Pollard, right now, I would really like be stuck with what my decision would be because mm-hmm. I I don't know if I want to bet on Pollard becoming good, or if I want to bet on Ken Walker not regressing, not falling off a cliff. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. So then. With all those questions, I really would just rather have Cup. Like, I'd just rather have Cooper Cup, who is probably the most resistant to any other outside factors affecting him. So, if I was any of you too, I would rather have Cup. Sure. Because um, everybody else has pretty pretty big question marks in my in my opinion. Um, so I didn't like I didn't like your side of it, cows, for those reasons. Yeah. No, absolutely. I I don't disagree with any of that analysis. I think the thing that you kind of said at the end is what made me do it. I am, my team has been so remarkably inconsistent with putting up points. I will, even this week, not a single one of my like skilled position players, except, uh, or no, I'm sorry, last week, not a single one of my skilled position players except my quarterback put up double digit points. Like, and I don't know how, you know, indicative that is of my team but like it it felt like me i need to play for the median and hope i get the head-to-head win instead of rely on guys to have boom weeks and hold on to that risk cup with his risk i mean not he doesn't necessarily have any risk but obviously we saw stafford go down risk there debo has been nothing but risk all season long he's got two you know a 30 point game and a 20 point game and then has missed three others yeah um and then Pollard, like you said, what exactly what you said, good good RB on a good offense, but he can't score. I just wanted to remove as much of that risk as I could and take more floor guys and take some shots oh, yeah. with some of those flex guys. Yeah. So I agree with you. If in a vacuum, I would absolutely rather have my side of the deal. But I think that for me to even have a shot at the six seed, I had to do something like this. But I don't know. But right, you want to? 
Yeah, this is this is tough because I think that me and you started talking about this trade what two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. I guess three weeks ago now, <laughs> and we had been mulling it over, and I think that it ultimately did what both both sides wanted at the time. Um, it gave me a, like a player that I felt could blow the top off like my my weeks with Cup, right? Like that's ultimately what what the goal is for him. Um, and it offset some of the risk of like what I felt the risk of DJ Moore was in the moment and let me move some of that depth that I had, had acquired when I, I traded lamb away, which has aged wonderfully <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, oh, we talked about it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that I, I agree. Obviously I agree with you. I, I made the trade. I, I <laughs> like the cup side because it gave me exactly what I wanted. And I think that's what this boils down to. It's like a, both sides needed something a little different and it just happened to work out this way. Right. And then, okay. So then my question for you guys, so you guys both have the top, the one and the two in different offenses. Like (laughs) if you, if you guys didn't, if you guys didn't have your teams, like would you rather have the Rams passing attack or the Texans passing attack right now? Like, I mean, like you and I talked about that the game with Stroud definitely colors this question a little and the injury it. It to does. Does. and the injury to Stafford, which we don't know because they just signed um, uh, Carson Wentz. So we don't know yeah. what that means for him because ripping ain't it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I can I can give my opinion on that part, too. Like <laughs> they cut now Rippin and Dresser. <laughs> they sent Dresser back to Ikea. So I'm assuming they signed Wentz to replace Rippon as the backup and and Stafford will be back after the bye because they wouldn't have cut their third QB if Stafford was hurt, is my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm basically like trying to like, if Stafford wasn't hurt or on bye, no byes or no injuries, it's just like close. Yeah. It's close. I think for me, and I'll answer that in a little bit, I think for me I'd rather have the Rams for no other reason than – it seems to me that Cup and Puka are a little bit less boomer busty than than the 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 Texans have have proven to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not worried necessarily worried about Puka or Cup long term. I think one of them will probably put up over 20 points on any given week, and one of them will put up the 12 to 18 range on any given week. And I, it doesn't matter who it is. I don't have to guess anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I guess the other half of that too is that I've also opened up a little bit of like interesting options for me if I decide I want to move one of Cooper Cup or Puka, um, because I feel like both of them have enough value that if I identify a gap, I can I can do that. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. The problem is Stafford is throwing a bajillion times a game. Yeah, and that's but really CJ's nice. Is doing the same. Yeah, CJ's throwing it too. Yeah, I think that. And I, Sean, I'll let you give your opinion here. I think that I, once again, I obviously I I'm on one side of this, so I'm a little biased. I like Stafford because he's a he's a vet, right? Like I'm not worried about Stafford like shitting the bed because he's a rookie, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. I think the flip side to that though is that, and I kept early on in the season when I was clearly wrong, but I my worry with Stafford was that he was held together by duct tape and a prayer. Like he yeah. came into the season with a bad back, and. You know, obviously this was a thumb injury. Like we said, it's a thumb injury he's had multiple times, yada, yada. But, like, I don't know, especially when they have so shallow depth behind him that and there's a risk of injury, maybe I just take the young guy and hope I get it right. 
Um, I'd actually yeah. be interested to see, like, since week five and Cup came back, what their numbers look like. But you know, as a as two duos, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, we'll see. It'll be yeah, we'll see, right? See. Like, we'll we'll see. see for sure. Yeah, yeah. but the one thing I will give the Texans over Stafford, or excuse me, Cup and Puka is the Rams don't seem to score through the air. They use Kyron to punch it in, which is why he's been so good for for fantasy this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and great. is he slated to return? No. Um, so what I was reading or what I saw is he's on four week. It's four games for IR, and so the bye week is actually extending it an extra week. Okay, because he went on what week eight or week seven? Yeah. yeah. So he's got to miss this week, next week, and then he's back. Got it. All right. Well, but right, we already touched on all of the other trades. Did either the trade between Nick or Max and or Scott or Nate have anything meaningful to you? And I already ripped Scott, so if you don't like that trade, don't don't hit on him too bad. No, I, I those both of those trades did not much for me. I will say, and I guess I, I'm probably going to be proven wrong, and that's fine. Um, I thought that was a little bit much for Ridley. Um, that Nick ended up paying, but I, if he's happy with it, then it's cool. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'm not super high on Ridley. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the piece there was was Swift more so than Ridley. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, just giving up Evans. That's true. <laughs> That's also true. All right. Well, then we can jump on and look at the week that was and uh, look at the matchups here. So be weak. Hmm? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry that you, you took your loss to Eddie and, and not in a glorious fashion, which we'll get to. But, no, I got <laughs> uh first one we'll take a look at was Morgoth. Uh it was JC's team going up against Pennywise, which is Kevin. JC takes the win 138 to 100. Um JC also takes a median win. Kevin takes the median loss. Did anything stick out to either of you about this game? Anything unexpected? <laughs> I mean, if if his running if his running backs outside, I mean, if it's just running backs in general can do what they did last week, I think JC will be in a good position. But those are those are big ifs in my head. I mean, I don't think I don't think you're going to expect 15 from Nashi every week, so. Yeah, and with the return of uh, a chain, I'm not sure how. I mean, I, I that's the big question for me is how hard of a hit does Moster take? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I know that Nate was very high on JC's team all season long and low on Kevin's team. Thought he was kind of a, a fake boomer bust team, and this is one of those weeks where Kevin's team just kind of goes out and doesn't put anything together. Yeah, I don't know what to take from any of that. Now, he was without Christian McCaffrey and Matthew Stafford and Cortland Sutton. So how indicative yeah. is it of his, you know, it, it's one of those bi-week ones where, yeah, just the guys you put in either don't perform and then neither does anybody else. So I'm not sure there was too much to take away from it, but we may disagree on what it means for each of them going forward. Yeah. Uh, uh, JC didn't have Wilson, too, yeah, yeah. So even so, I mean, he just barely cut the median. I think he was the cutoff for the median. Um, so you know, you take that. 
But on to the next one. Um, it was uh, Nick taken on Jake. Another low-scoring affair. Nick wins 135 to 107. Um, both take a median loss. What, if anything, do you take away? Because this matchup has has actual implications both guys in that lower half of the playoff bracket what what do you guys take away here i think my biggest takeaway and i, I hesitate to say this bluntly because he doesn't suck but <laughs> Bijan is criminally underused in that offense and nick would be like a much better off if arthur smith wasn't a football terrorist so you're that's that's where i'm at there yeah i mean if I was Jake, I would be very, very worried. Um, I just don't love his team. Case in point, like uh, I don't know, like the George Pickens thing is with DJ back. It's like, what's his value? You have what's Addison's value with Dobbs? Um, you have Devontae Smith, who should be on the up with God or going out, and. uh you could love always love Kelsey, but it's really is what is what are his quarterbacks going to do down the stretch? Yeah. Who's RB one or who's RB one in Baltimore? Because you have yeah. Gus putting up his big week last week, and then you know the Keaton. Uh, gosh, I can't remember. Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, comes in and hundred thirty yards or whatever it was. So yeah. Now, granted, Keaton Mitchell's hundred thirty yards was on one big win. Like, he had, what, like a 90-yard run for a tutty? I'm, I'm pretty sure most of his stuff was garbage time, so I don't – I would be too worried about that. No, they, they clearly, in my mind, they – much to my dismay, they clearly are using Gus to punch in these, these end zone touchdowns and not Lamar. Yeah. So. I mean, and they still use Justice Hill, and then they obviously right. run with Lamar, so. so there's like 20 running backs there. I mean, they almost put up another 300-yard rushing day again. Um, Yeah, it's getting a little out of hand. But we'll we'll see. I I tend to, you know, I tend to have – I just want Jake to make it once. Jake gets screwed every year, like, by the just finite stat correction or something. So I at least want him to be viable when we get to week 14. Yeah, Uh, I think he's in a tough spot, though. He needs to make a move. I, I probably agree with that, yeah. Solidify something along that line. Next one, Damon, we'll take a look at your matchup. You lost to Kyron. We don't uh, have to do that. <laughs> oh, no, we do. If we're going to look at the next <laughs> matchup after it, we do. Um, <laughs> 107 to 151A. I mean, is that, I believe that is your lowest uh, total yeah, yeah, of the yeah. year by far. Lowest total. Uh, sure. But, I mean, you had a bunch of guys. Yeah. Um, I'm basically punting the last week and this week because yeah. – <laughs> Both weeks, I have half of my team is on by or hurt. Yeah, you, you and I and Nate all kind of took a similar strategy, whether intentional or otherwise, to just front load some weeks with buys. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure that there's too much to take from it. Uh, how concerned are you about Tua, though? Um, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> I'm a little concerned. Um, but I really like McDaniel's. Like, I God, really just trust. I really <laughs> just trust his offense. I mean, we've seen it like the first half of the year that it works. So, I mean, to uh, I'm a little concerned, but I'm not flashing any red sure. signs yet. I All think right. I think coming back is going to help open that offense up a lot. Oh, yeah. And I I know that that's like 
like he doesn't have this huge impact, right? Because he basically came in for like some big rips and then he would go out, right? He was playing a couple snaps, getting his tutties and you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I think that he is that like, like third dimensional threat that, that they need to force people to respect their run game and not just like double down on stopping Tyreek and Waddle. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I tend to agree that. And we also have to remember that this was the overseas game and they are all garbage all of the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kelsey had, what, four points? Mahomes didn't play Mahomes' desk. Yeah. So. I mean, how are you going to predict that? Kelsey with four points. Yeah. I, I think they should just get rid of the international games. But they won't. Defense. But you and I both know they won't. <laughs> they won't. Oh, well. Well, let's we'll, we'll we'll leave you alone, Damon, and we'll move on to the next game, which was Eddie taking on Boatwright. Uh, Eddie takes the head-to-head win, 159 to 105. Eddie takes the median win as well. Boatwright takes a median loss. Yeah, some I, weeks you just get spanked. Like there's yeah. not much you can do about it. I feel like the whole league is waiting for Eddie's team to fall off the cliff, and it's just not doing it. And here's, and, here's, it's, here's, and it's kind of to the point where it's like. It's kind of like when Steph Curry is making ridiculous threes. At some point, you just got to expect him that he's going to keep making them. I I remember last week talking on the pod. I thought I was going to win not because my team was better, but because Eddie had like Etienne and Lawrence and uh, Goff on bye week. I was like, I'm set. Eddie rolled out fucking OBJ, and OBJ gets his first touchdown of the year. Like it was that kind of week for me. Some yeah, sometimes it's one of those like. Fantasy centers just have a little bit of magic, and Eddie has more than a little bit of magic this year. Well, um, it's all the years he he didn't have any magic at all, and it all just was loaded into this year. Oh man, yeah. I mean, he started Daniel Jones, who got hurt and put up one point nine points, and was the second highest yeah. scoring team, or maybe the highest scoring yeah. team in the league. <laughs> it's just... Interestingly enough, he also didn't have the lowest scoring player in our matchup because Gabe Davis put up a fat donut for me. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, so it goes, I guess. But hey, David Montgomery should be back in two weeks, but right, just just live no, on. That. He's back next week. Oh, next, I week. guess he's he's on his yeah. or no, he's this week he's playing. Yeah, yeah. he's practicing. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh well, but we'll move on. Next game was Max taking on Scott. This was unfortunately the game that uh, locked Max team for the season. Scott takes the head-to-head win 138-111 to and Scott takes a median win. Clearly Max takes the median loss. We already poured some out for, for Max, but anything you want to say about, about Max or his team, um, or anything about Scott's team for that matter? All, all, all I've got to say is if some people have the magic, some people are just cursed. Like Max couldn't make a move that bought him any breathing room this, this year. And it's not for lack of trying. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. every possible opportunity, he looked. It looked to me like he bought into good players, and then they were like, "Nah, I'm gonna pull a hammy, or I'm just gonna forget how to play football." <laughs> yeah, and like big props to Max coming into a pretty competitive league where I I think all the owners are really good, nice. and he made really good moves. It's just as soon as he got the players, Justin Jefferson, IR. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins done for the year. So, like, JT, you're just not gonna be able to come back from that kind of stuff. Like, 
Yeah. JT uh, decided to have a really gross timeshare with Zach Moss for weird, what, like four the, weeks. Like one of the weirdest situations. Probably yep. starting backs. Yeah. And and I think, Bo, right, you said it not for lack of trying. He is tied for the most trades so far this year with eight with uh, Nick. So, yeah, yeah he, he was making moves. Absolutely yeah. no question about it. <laughs> All right, and we'll wrap it up here with the last one. Uh, myself taking on Nate. Nate takes the head-to-head 148-144. Both of us take a median win, so there is at least a silver lining there for me. All of that on the backs of the the Houston wideouts for myself. Um, is anyone going to touch Nate until we get into the playoffs, guys? <laughs> Does the close loss hurt more than the blowout? I, I feel like it should. Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. I said that last week when I played Nate. I was more happy that he just absolutely annihilated yeah. me than it being like 10 points and I had Dean Davis on I mean, there was um, probably a point in that Monday night game where you were thinking that you could have had a shot. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. thinking I had a shot on Monday or on Sunday night, and then Dallas yeah. Goddard goes down. Yeah. If he yeah. if he catches like two balls and falls forward for 10 yards, I still get it. But, you know, that happens. And then, yeah, I'm sitting there watching, hoping for the worst game of football. That's ever been played. I almost got it. Like <laughs> Ken Walker doesn't have the worst game of the season that you would have won. Well, I <laughs> I think for what it's worth, to answer Sean's question about touching Nate, uh, <laughs> um, had to say, you had to say it like that. Didn't no, you? I didn't think about it until I said it. Um, anyway, I think that he's got a real big problem if Chase is hurt for any significant amount of time. I know he's got T he can replace him with, but I, T is not Chase, you know? And then I, if I'm him, I'm worried about Herbert. And I know that, like, that's probably being a little dramatic, but I, I think that they lost all of their weapons. Um, Eckler yeah. looks human. Um, Just Keenan Allen has been playing, like, fine, but he doesn't. he's not getting space because of Mike Williams being out. Yeah. They need to figure something out. Yeah, and I think I think his injury might be hurt too. What's that? I mean, his, his injury might be affecting it more than people think right now. Mm-hmm. He did play good defense, Jets are good defense. Absolutely. But, yeah. I mean, they lose. You lose your two, and then you lose your three. It's going to be hard. Yeah, but yeah, for a fantasy outcome, it is definitely it does definitely pose interesting problems. But I, you know. I don't know if if Nate's also in the same boat that Eddie's in this year, where just every guy he's picked up or traded for is end up popping off or working out. So we'll see. But I, mean, uh, I guess to, not to not to beat a dead horse. I'm also worried about Waddle because the dude can't stay on the field. He's always coming off for like a little injury. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. But he just throw T in there if you want. So it's like not really a big deal for him. Yeah, you're right. No, I, don't get me wrong. I, he's probably not going to lose going into the playoffs. Like, just to be clear, just my – I think that it's interesting this year, just to wrap everything up, is that, like, we have some people that have good teams, but I think that everybody is who's, like, sniffing the playoffs is probably competitive in some capacity for a win. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, if, if, if just the right things fall the right way for people – it's it's going to be one of those where when and we I think we have this more often than not, Damon. I mean, you've been in the league just as long, so you would know. Like our week fourteen usually ends up being meaningful for the most part. So I don't know. You were you were going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, as monstrous as Nate's team looks, 
it is fantasy football, and it's not like Nate's team is a high scorer every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe that's just me trying to cope before we get into the playoffs, but I'll do what I can. I mean, honestly, like, all you need is one – and I'm not talking about Nate specifically at this point, but all you need is one injury to, like, really hurt you. Like, look at what the – like, not to beat on your team, but like, look what the injury to Mike Williams has done to – Keenan Allen, who like we all thought was going to be the far and away number one receiver for the for the first what four or five weeks. That's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. All it takes is one. You know. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be your guy that can start. Yeah, look at look at what <laughs> ripping farts did to my yeah. uh, did to my my puka and my cup this week. Yeah. Well, I'll ultimately have to see, but. Well, those sound like some pretty good takeaways for the season. Um, so let's go ahead and take a look at the standings so far. We'll just look at the playoff standings. And, uh, you know, we don't have to say it, but we'll say it. Nate sitting in the number one spot, uh, holding it by himself at 15-3. and three. Then, Damon, you are right behind him uh, with both you and Eddie at 13-5. and five. Nick and uh, Jake both at 10-8 and eight now based on that result after – uh, their head-to-head matchup, so that's the four and five spot. And then Boatwright, you round out the top six at nine and nine uh, ahead of JC on the points differential. But it is not a big gap separating those that those playoff spots from kind of four through four through seven or four through eight there. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Like uh, I don't know, maybe Damon, I think, or Eddie, maybe has said it in the chat that there are a lot of like meaningful matchups upcoming for sure. Yeah, it's felt. It's felt like a win, like a must win for a lot of teams for a while, but now mm. it really like feels like that way for, yeah. for all of those teams in the middle. Um, happy to not be there <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Well, let's actually let's let's posit that as Damon, this was your call for this week, so we're going to do a little mid-season playoff prediction, looking at what we have now and the teams as they're made up. Uh, we can each do um, ours, but right, you. You already were ahead of the eight ball on this one as you put it in the chat. So I already threw yours in there. Uh, if you want to make any changes or edits or any comments, uh, you can kick us off. But, um, yeah, why don't, why don't we start there, but right with, with your top six and projected playoff teams. Sorry, I keep muting myself. Um, <laughs> I think that my top six in order is going to be Nate, Damon, Eddie, and this is where it gets a little wonky. I think that any one of me, JC, uh, Kevin, Scott, could probably fill out those last three spaces in basically any order. Uh, I will take myself to be in four on the podcast, um, though that might be a little challenging. I don't know what my tiebreakers are going to look like. Um, then I'll have... Uh, JC and Scott round that out. JC and Scott? Yeah. I mean, Kyron not – the idea of Kyron or Kevin not making the playoffs with the kind of year he's had is just crazy to me. Someone's got to have a different twist. Yeah. I'm not not saying that you're crazy for for not having him make it. I'm just saying that that's a real possibility, and that sucks for him. Yeah, I think that Scott, like I said, I, I truly believe that any, like, me, Scott, Kevin, 
and um, Kevin Nick can probably fit those last four spots there in kind of any or JC. You know what I mean? So, so you are the only name I'm not hearing you say is Jake. So you 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 believe that you're worried enough about Jake's team that he falls out of your top six? Yeah, to be honest with you, um, I don't love starting the shoe. Jordan Love hasn't been playing well. Addison Pickens, he needs Gibbs to show up. Like he needs Gibbs not to get hurt by Monty's return too badly. Basically, is what it boils down to. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Um, I will <laughs> I'll do mine as well since there isn't much variance there, although um but right you you flopped Eddie and Damon from your post earlier to now. So <laughs> but other than that I agree. Uh, I have Nate in one, Damon in second, Eddie in third, uh Nick in fourth, JC in fifth, and Boatwright, you hold on to the sixth spot. So I, I also have Jake out of the playoffs. As much as I like want the underdog story to finally come true, I, I'm just not as much of a fan of his team as the team that those ahead of him, you know, in in you, JC and Nick have been able to put together to win, to pick up those one or two extra wins you need to hold on to those spots. Um, I think the top three are pretty solidified and pretty interchangeable. Honestly, uh, the, the top three are, are pretty clear, but I think that's kind of where I sit on that. Um, Damon, what about you? I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I can agree with that. The first, three just based on where our records are so it'd be nate myself and eddie that's what i have um but i could see myself being behind eddie pretty easily and i'm pretty positive i'm gonna lose go 2-0 this next couple weeks so um anything happened but then i have nick where i really like nick's team and i think we're all curious to see if his experiment's gonna pay off where he's going against the quarterback meta grain and I'm rooting for him because I I kind of believe in the theory myself. So I'm hoping that it pans out, and I I like the team that he's crafted. So if I have him at four, and then I think Jake doesn't doesn't have enough to make it to the stretch, and then then it's between for me it's between Boatwright. Vote right, Justin Scott, Kevin, for the, the last two spots, and that's it's a tough prediction. But if I had to put money on it right now, I'd probably go Bo right at five, and then Kevin's quarterbacks worry me, and his record worries me. But I like his team the most out of the, the three left, but I'm probably going to go Scott at six. I am just concerned about Scott's team. I don't know what it necessarily is. It may not even be like, there may not be objective analysis to back it up. I just, I hate being so committed to a team that I don't like in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't, you know, like I said, it's more just the gut feeling than anything, which isn't all that compelling, but it is what it is. And, you know, I mean, Scott's won this league not all that long ago. So we, we, you know, no disrespect as much as I shit all over his name about 20 minutes ago. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just not sure that, that I see him making it in, unfortunately, as much as it, it would be. Like I said, I'm rooting for Jake, but I just don't see it. And I, I have a lesser but similar feeling about Scott's team as well. 
growing. I think that the big thing, funny enough for me with Scott, is I don't want to live and die by Derek Carr's day, right? Like you either get a good day out of Olave or a good day out of Kamara because of Derek Carr. And I think that's going to kick the legs out under his his the, scoring the, potential. The Taysom Hill thing is always weird. I mean, like, Dude, I, I just wish Taysom Hill was just not in the NFL. Like, no, I really just don't like him as an idea, as anything. Like, I don't get why he's still on a team. I just don't <laughs> understand it at all, really. I love having Taysom Hill in my tight end spot. When I get a notification that I have a passing touchdown by Taysom Hill last week, I was cracking up. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I'm just, it's just dumb. Like, I yeah. just think he should not be in fantasy. Like, I feel like we should just say that he should just be deleted from the league. <laughs> like, on, like, it just makes no sense, like, how you would put him in, in like, a uh, category because he doesn't, he does everything. Yeah, there aren't many of those left. Like, there used yeah. to be a lot more issues where there were these gadget guys that did multiple things and were eligible at multiple positions. Yeah. He's the last of a dying breed. I'm kind of here for it. I'm, uh, I don't. I, I don't I ever own him. I don't that. ever want to start him because he's either he throws a touchdown and runs for 20 yards on some dumb direct snap play, or he sees the field for three snaps and is tackled for a negative yard. So, yeah. like, I I think that's why. I, like, I I think that I'm gonna have a lot of tough decisions between him and Ferg because Ferg is quickly becoming like a really valuable tight end for me. Um, but like on any given week, I know Taysom is probably going to get the red zone <laughs> rushing, passing, and whatever look, uh, rushing, passing, too. and catching looks for the for New Orleans, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, just, yeah. Uh, I mean, I get it. If I was commissioner, <laughs> I probably would have deleted them and just had everyone be mad. But <laughs> delete, delete the, the or, or at least remove his eligibility. Yeah. That's a Camaro owner talking, but. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, Kamara putting up like thirty points on thirty-three passes for ten yards is also kind of disgusting. It's disgusting, but it happens. <laughs> so I guess Taysom Hill happens. That does not happen. That's the thing. He doesn't happen. I could attest that Taysom Hill did in he, fact put up twenty points. I want you to know, Taysom Hill had my my highest score last week. All right, put some respect on his name. Um. <laughs> need that. Um, well, we'll see if any of these predictions end up. They're all pretty similar, which may be to the bore of, of the listener. But, um, you know, we'll see if any of these pan out. But let's look ahead at next week's matchups then and see what we got going on. First one is going to be Nate taking on taking on uh, JC. If JC is going to have this run that, that, that we predict him to, he's going to have to start it against, you know, the best team in the league. So, who you guys got? I mean, JC doesn't have AJ Brown or Moser. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty easy, Nate. There. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Yep. Nothing much to it then. Um, next up, then it's going to be myself taking on Eddie again in probably what is a must-win situation. Can I win? Is really the question. So I don't know, Barry. What do you think? I think if Justin Fields comes back, you're going to be in a nice spot. Um, if he doesn't, that's a little concerning for DJ Moore. Um, not for nothing. This is a Thursday night game. In the last Thursday night game, DJ Moore played. He put out 50 some points. 
So, I remember. Damon remembers. Right. Damon. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, Damon almost beat me. All right, I don't care yeah. that Damon remembers. I remember. I remember. Uh, uh, I yeah. think you can win, but I don't think you will win. <laughs> I think it just. Here's what I'll say. ETN can't keep putting up like three touchdowns a game. Like, there's got to be regression at some point. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Eddie has guys who are increasing in value, like like White and Madison are both on the come up with their value, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if the Texans so, have a great day against Cincy, you can have. Yeah. Well, honestly, like, not to not to beat a dead horse too, but like you not having Jalen Hurts this week also really hurts you. That's right. twenty points you're missing out on. Yeah, that's really the problem. And then Goddard going out on injury, so I have to start Musgrave, who's been fine. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. The not to tip any hats, but the uh, the makeup of my team may change between now and uh, you know when we get to Sunday. So there's a couple of tight ends. There may be some from, you know, the person in this podcast right now, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm sure that I'll have that resolved before we post this. So no, no, no spoilers uh, there, but we'll see. Um, but moving on next matchup is Kyron taking on you boat, right? Um, Let me talk about it. <laughs> that confident, are we? <laughs> yes. This is my this is my tough week. Um, I'm I'm out Puka and Cup. Um, uh, uh, two weeks ago, I would have said I'm not worried about it because the Raiders couldn't put together an offense, but they figured out how to do that last week. So, um, little yeah. little worried. The Raiders are in that like they're in that kind of like Cinderella story. So they're mm-hmm. all fired up right now, and that's not what you want to see if you're facing them. Also. Murray's coming back this week, right? So we'll see what he does. Um, yeah. I think it's sneaky, but I'm going Kyron. I think Kyron goes. I think he goes back to back. Back to back wins. Yeah. I this one I I, I love two minds on. I need CJ Stroud to play well. Like I just, I just need him to play well. So Kyron has to win because otherwise my flex spots are are useless. But. You do have Monty coming back. You do have Debo coming back. Um, both guys who haven't seen action for you yet. <sighs> this is going to be one of those like 130, 131 games where maybe both guys miss the median. But I, all right, I think I'm going to stick with you on this one. Yeah, I, for what it's worth, I am taking myself. I think that Kyler Murray coming back is, while it's good for him, I'm hesitant to say he's going to have a huge game his first game back off the ACL tear. Yeah. That's it's better than Toon or anyone else he could pick up. So that's basically, that? I mean, better than Toon or whoever he can pick up. Well, that's a that's so. good point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But I have secret top 10 quarterback, Matt, uh, Matt Howe. Same. Sam Howe. My bad. I was thinking, I don't know why. I'm not even sure what you were doing now. No, Sam Howe is balling. Sam Howe is balling. You're, yeah. you're right there. He is right. balling hard. They're going to get good defense, though. Good passing defense, so. Who are they playing? Seattle. Seattle. Oh, I mean, I, I'm not worried about Seattle. They've been playing like ass. Yeah, I mean, they gave up 37 to uh to to Cleveland last week. Well, yeah, their secondary is really good. That's true. The problem is Sam Howell. I think that, and, and I, I don't want to disparage the guy because I actually kind of like him now. I've I've turned my opinion on him. 
but Sam Howe has to score because they have to throw 400 times a game. Or they, he scores because they have to throw 400 times a game because they don't have a rushing attack. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and now no defense because they shipped off all their best pieces at the trade deadline. That's true. chips. Well, uh, but the next one up is going to be Max uh, going up against Jake. Damon, do you have any hope for Max to pull the upset here? Uh, Jake doesn't have Kelsey True. or Smith. Uh, Fields might be coming back. He might not come back. I mean, that was a big step over Minshew. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Max gets Dobbs, who's playing really well. I think I would. I think I would take Max here to win. Mm-hmm. All right, you agree? Yeah, I'm taking Max. Which would suck because he just got eliminated. Just like, yeah. No, that's I mean, the best time. Now he's just playing for spite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he called it in the chat. He said that now all his guys are going to turn it on. But yeah, I we're going to go clean sweep here, Max. I want to see some redemption after a locked week. So I'm going to agree with that as well. All right. Next up is going to be Kevin taking on Scott. Um, I mean, both of these guys need wins, right? We just got done talking about how both these guys are outside the playoff picture looking in, need to go on runs in order to catch some of the teams we think have a better team composition to them. Which one do you think comes out ahead this week, Bo Ray? I've got Scott. All right. Damn it. <laughs> when Alice was there. Yeah, right. They're both down a quarterback, mm-hmm. so I think what really does it for me is Kevin's. I just like Kevin's team more, so I'm going to go Kevin. Kevin, okay, yeah, um, yeah, I I tend to agree. I as much as I like CD Lamb and what he's done, and obviously we know what Alvin Kamara's done. I just you know they they have a decent opponent in, in Minnesota that I think they can put points up against, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my guns and go with Kevin on this one as well. So let's talk the last matchup then. Damon, you are taking on Nick uh, battle of the three versus four right now in the standings. Damon, do you have yourself? No, no, <laughs> I'm down four starters this week. So yeah, there's just nothing more to say about that. All right. <laughs> Anything to add? No, I mean, I, and this is, I don't think this is an indic- uh, or, or a statement on your team. I think it's just, you're in your bye weeks. What are you going to mm-hmm. do? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Nick has a good team. So. I, I yeah. doubt that he's going to play bad enough for me to get huh. head-to-head win. Yep. You know what? So. He could put up 103 points. <laughs> All right. Well, I think just for sake of brevity and time, uh, I think we're going to actually we're going to skip the last section. We're going to call it here. So um, anything else you boys want to say before we wrap the podcast up? Good luck, everybody. I hope the injury bug doesn't get anybody else. Yeah, Yeah, man. The injuries suck. I've been dealing with them all year. Yeah, Yeah, I would agree. So let's stop the injuries and uh, let's let's begin the run to, to the playoffs. So, uh, 
thanks, Damon, for joining us. You're welcome back on any time. All right. Glad you could make it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but for everyone, uh, that's it. We'll see you next week. Have a good, good one. Luck. Have fun this week, guys.